0: recently on the podcast we had our friend tony petroni talking about apologetics you know basically talking about our faith giving an answer for the hope that we have and we are really excited to have a two um, session course on apologetics taught by tony at the west lincoln community center smithville arena
1: and uh, we are really excited about that. So, and Kristen, when is that happening? So the dates are uh, August 17th and August 31st. And that's uh, going to be from 6.30 to about 8 o'clock on those nights. And there will be a walking group afterwards. But this is a great opportunity to learn about defending our faith, why we believe what we believe, and how science and the Bible are aligned with each other. And for more information, you can go to wayniagara.ca.
0: Welcome to The Way Niagara Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Burda, And today we have Chris Dalgleish, who we know from the podcast. Um, we also have another Dalgleish that's joining us today, and that is Chris's brother, AJ. So welcome, AJ. Well, thank you. And AJ is the discipleship pastor at uh, Lake Met Worship Center in Grimsby, so just not far from us. Yep. And there's a lot of the conversations on this podcast is related to discipleship and growing closer to Jesus. And so we're just looking forward to talking to AJ and just interacting over this topic. But before that, because we've got to have some fun. Why don't you, AJ, tell us a
2: bit about growing up with Chris? Yeah. Okay. So I'm the younger brother. Uh, So I have a son who currently is eight years old, who's getting into baseball. And so all of our memories of trying to play baseball as kids is kind of the first thing that comes to mind, um, playing catch in the yard and him being the older brother and wanting things to be, you know, when you throw the ball, you're supposed to catch it or whatever. Um, I got chased by that baseball bat a couple times. I definitely remember that. (laughs) (laughs) You got to aim that pitch, man. Yeah. I, I also am reminded, I'm just making you sound awful here, but (laughs) I think I was in grade three or four. I found my old journals from then. And it was like, at first the journal entries, I, I realized you could make things up (laughs) and the teacher wouldn't know. So like creative writing. So like I found a story that was like, yeah, we found a turtle. Uh, or we we went to the pet store and got a turtle or whatever <laughs> Ninja Turtle. Um, but the reality is most of the entries were like last night my brother beat me up and then we. <laughs> <they were> like... <laughs> now this is before the days obviously of facts coming and banging on the door trying to figure out why is this kid getting beat up <laughs> all the time. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. We we had a good childhood. Yeah, yeah. that's good. And from what Steve, your
0: cousin, has said. Yeah on previous podcasts, Chris being the oldest yep. in, in kind of in that group, was always a leader. Yeah. And sometimes instigating some some trouble. Like, would you concur?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> we split off into like separate teams. It was like the Chris team and then the AJ team basically. Yeah. And we would we'd would fight. It was great. Yeah. Wars with sticks and Yeah. Steve was on my team, so yeah. I don't know if he's ever shared that. Oh yeah,
1: we talked about it on the podcast. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just want to verify because
0: as the non-related person, yeah, having known all three of you, yeah, this is wonderfully amusing, and I hope (laughs) I hope our listeners enjoy this as well because we're just trying to get to know each other, have some fun. Yeah. And so, why don't you tell us a bit now about kind of your family? You made a recent transition to to pastoring, so why don't we just start like. Just tell me a little bit about your family wife kids all that and then yeah. kind of how you made this career change
2: sure yeah so i uh, have been married for over 12 years to my wife rebecca we have two kids lucy's 10 and jadwin is eight and um we live in grimsby and so my previous career was working in concrete restoration industry for Uh, A business. We we started a business called Ontario Concrete Raising, and um, along with that was going to school on the side for pastoring and Bible school, all that kind of thing. And uh, it was more my hobby was church, right? Like uh, most people go home and play video games or whatever. They have other hobbies. For me, it was getting involved with church stuff. So it's always been part of my DNA, being a part of the local church and. Um, you and I know each other going back over twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, oh, about twenty years ago. I was thinking about that today. Yeah. I went and first met you in 2005, so that's 18 years ago. So. Yep. AJ was one of my youth leaders. A lot growing changed. up. So <laughs>
0: this is this
2: is fun. Yeah. So yeah, basically in April, I was approached by my pastor to come and join the staff at Lake Mount and. Uh, I had to make the decision with the business, so my business partners and I we decided that the smoothest transition would be whatever works best for me. And uh, so, the conversation happened early May, and by May twenty fourth, I think we were already on the plane on our way to Cancun. Done, done the nine to five with the business, and got back and started June fifth with Lake Mount. So it was a quick, uh, pretty quick turnaround.
0: That's so, awesome. And yeah. so, and in that, because there's a transition, how do you? work through making big decisions?
2: Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Um, Somebody once told me, it was one of my former young adults pastors uh, once said, and probably said it more than once, but it really stuck out to me um, that when you're praying for direction, that like you don't always know what a yes sounds or feels like from God, but you know what a no sounds like. And so, like, you know that check in your heart, right? You know, you don't have peace about a decision. That's the no from the Holy Spirit telling you no. And so for me, I mean, that's kind of been my guiding principle when it comes to big decisions, right? I pray about it if I'm not feeling one way or the other. I also trust my own uh, calling, right? So there's different ways that you can kind of know what you are called to. And so maybe we won't get into that right now, but um, I know what are my guiding principles in life and so as long as what i'm stepping into and if i pray about it and i'm not feeling a no then and the wife is on board that's a big one then uh, yeah it's a pretty easy decision right then you go for it exactly
0: because that is a pretty radical change in some ways but in some ways it's not because mm-hmm. your church involvement yep. went from being a quote hobby to being kind of a daily yeah. thing yeah And we were talking about that a bit over lunch, too, Mm. that, you know, you went from a very physical job to being at a desk. Right. And still having, like you mentioned to me that the whole thing of, yeah, I still need to be outside. Yes. And like that kind of thing is still
2: important. Yeah, absolutely. So finding new ways to do that. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Berkman assessment. I Mm -hmm. have. So we did a Berkman uh, a couple years ago. And so it like kind of shows you what you're, like, more naturally inclined to. And so, like, it's a pretty involved test. And so, for me, my highest things were social services, Mm. um, being outside, and then music. Mm. So, um, they were all under the, like, 89%, which means I don't need any of them on the daily, but, like, when I start to feel anxious, when I start to feel kind of, like, more like I'm outside of my purpose, then I need one of those three things, right? So Mm -hmm. for me, a lot of it is getting out and um, being in the water down by the lake or in a pool or something like that. Just being outside is, it like recharges me. So um, coming from the industry of being outside, working on people's concrete, I mean, I was outside all day, every day and never really thought of that as being a need. Hmm. But then once it was taken away, I was like, oh man, like... In the winter, because it's a seasonal business, I'd be sitting on the couch most of the day or you know, doing something on the computer or doing cl- courses online. And I would start to feel kind of that deficit then, but it wasn't really super defined to me until I did the Berkman. And it's like, oh, it's actually pretty high up as a need for me. So, yeah, that's uh, that's important to me. Now, people that are like really high on that, it's like they absolutely need it as much as possible. So... Uh, My wife is always listening to, humming, whatever. Music is a huge part of her life. And so she's like 98% or something in music. So um, for her, it's a need, which actually drives me crazy. We have to listen to brown noise at night. Otherwise, she'd want to play music to fall asleep to, (laughs) which I could not do. (laughs) So, So yeah.
0: You find ways to make it work. Exactly. Yeah. And that's... uh, that's good. Yeah. And again, going back, I still remember when you first started dating. Yes. Yeah, You're now wife. You know, <laughs> a lot of years have passed. So that's really cool. And this is fun for me to get to sit with two brothers that I've known separately. Right. For sure. So to be able to have lunch and to record this. This has been fun. Yeah. And we've been talking about change. Yeah. And that kind of relates to a word that's been on Chris's heart a little bit later or a bit recently. And that's the word pivot mm-hmm. so Chris why don't you introduce us to the concept of the word pivot and then we kind of talk about how that applies to way these days
1: yeah so one of the concepts of, of way obviously if you've been following us for any amount of time now is that we're building touch points which are different ways that the community or the body can connect to who way is because we're we don't have a large physical space yet uh, we you know so we're creating all these different aspects including a Sunday service um, and so we've been talking about the idea of pivoting because when we launched Way, the idea was it's going to be just a Thursday night church service, and it's certainly not that. It's it, we've had to do so much pivoting, but what we haven't done, and this is where the word pivot comes in, is we've kept a foot planted. And the idea of a pivot is that you're firm, something you're firmly attached to something, but you're turning to adapt to the situation as the need is required. And I think uh, prior to COVID. We could have got away with doing a Thursday service and pivoting now. We've planted a wellness ministry. We have church service launching. We have home groups launching. We have this podcast. And I don't know that any of that would have happened if we hadn't have kind of been rooted in the thought that we are first and foremost a disciple-making movement and then all those other things are just an addition or... An adaptation to the the actual need around us as we've started to build community with people, and so the idea of pivoting is is that you keep a foot firmly planted on on what your your calling is, but you start to turn your focus to meet the need, and so I see that happen in AJ's life. You know the pivot he just had to do. He was always planted at Lake Mount. But he got the pivot to change his perspective for the season ahead of him, mm-hmm. which required sacrifice. And that it always requires sacrifice. It requires change. It requires a humbled heart that's willing to change and willing to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit. And that's the same as the leadership here at Way. We've had to pivot. We've had to prepare ourselves for a different season. The way that maybe we would have wrote it down on paper two years is certainly not where we're at. Uh, now we've it's it's become so much different and so much more interesting because it's, God is a big picture of God, but he only gives you little glimpses of it at times, right? And so knowing that God's heart is to see people discipled and to see the Holy Spirit infiltrate their life. And I believe in this idea of a collision course for people where a lot of people are kind of just going about their day, but there's this moment where the Holy Spirit is going to collide with them, whether it's in a a mental health space, a physical health space, or a spiritual health space where they just need to draw more on the learning about the Holy Spirit, being discipled, um, that goes beyond just that Sunday morning service application. And that's where I think like the calling on my life and also the calling on AJ's life is to see people discipled outside of that Sunday experience, which is beautiful, but bringing some relationship to it, bringing some truth revelation through the word, some practical teaching, some thoughtful direction, as well as course correction. It's one of the things that happens when you're on a collision course. Once you've collided to go forward, you have to change your course a bit. Um, and so I want to hear AJ's thoughts. How did the pivot that you just went through feel for you?
2: Um. Yeah, I mean, it was more, it's a... Answer to years of prayer, I would say, right? Like, um, I've been praying for an opportunity and never felt like the timing was right. Um, now, COVID obviously threw major plan changes for everybody, but um, it afforded the opportunity for me and my business partners to say, you know, we had a meeting and I said I to them both, There is a day where, and they already knew when we started the business, but there is a day where I will be stepping into full-time ministry. It might not be for another 20 years, um, but I know more and more I feel it getting affirmed on my heart and uh, Holy Spirit speaking to me. And it was affirmed through prophetic words and it was affirmed through a few different ways. So I kind of saw it coming over the course of a couple years. And so I felt like Um, God was preparing my heart for the change. So it wasn't like, um, it was a, it was a pleasant surprise, but it wasn't a huge surprise when I was asked to come into the meeting where I was, you know, we started talking about the job. Um, honestly, Becca and I were on our way to a date and we just happened to pop by the church and it was all just like, honestly, all the timing of things. It, Mm -hmm. it almost doesn't make sense. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we were on our way to a date. And just felt like we were a little early. Why don't we stop by the church and say hello to a couple of people we're friends with in the office. And we get there. We're talking to um, the pastoral care pastor. And our senior pastor comes down the hallway and he's like, AJ, man, that was the fastest response I've ever gotten to a text. I'm like, what? <laughs> like I had no clue what he's talking about. <laughs> He had texted me like four minutes before we stepped into the building and it was just like the timing of God. He's like, well, why are you here? Why do not you come to the office? And like, let's have a quick chat. So like, okay, it disrupted our date. Literally Becca stayed out in the hallway um, and talked with some of the other people while I went and had our private meeting. And um, she said when I walked out of the, the his office, like she had no, no clue, neither did I, right? But walking out of the office... It was like the look on my face. She could tell that something either really terrible happened. Like either I got (laughs) completely reamed out, which is super not in our senior pastor's like personality Mm -hmm. or like something good happened. Now that could be a lot of things, right? It doesn't necessarily mean a job. So like our plan was to go out for Thai food. Our plan was to like have this great date. We're like, I tell her right away when we get, we get to my truck and she's like, we can't go for dinner now. Like this, this, is awesome but we need to pray about this we need to see God's hand on this I mean obviously our pastor prayed about it before offering it to us but we need to make sure this is what we feel is the right thing for us so I'm telling you it was a whirlwind like a week later I was leaving on a missions trip with the interns from the church like leading the team and so I was thinking of just maybe that was what this conversation was going to be and uh my response to our pastor was okay i will give you an answer when we get back from guatemala like i just can't uh give it the headspace right now and i kid you not we left i get in the truck we start praying and like we knew like we took the back roads we're driving up up highway 8 in in stony creek and like looking for a restaurant to stop at because we're like we don't like we were just so excited We couldn't even find a spot to stop. We drove all the way to Burlington. We go to Ikea. Nice. (laughs) And then, I kid you not, I did not sleep a single minute that night. Hmm. I just couldn't stop thinking about it, praying about it. I just felt like it was the right thing, and I just needed to give my yes. Hmm. Um, So I told Matt it was going to be like a couple weeks, but it was literally like the very next day. I was like, I could not sleep a wink. I have to tell you. Yes, we're going to do this. So yeah, it was cool. I just put the ball in motion. But, um, I think what you said about like pivoting and all that part of coming on staff at a larger established church is people expect you coming in to make change. Mm. So the time to make change is really, it's in the first like 12 months or so mm-hmm. to make big sweeping changes. And so that was really good advice I was given early on. Mm-hmm. And, um, some of the changes that we're thinking of proposing aren't like big culture shifts at all. Right. It's more just like semantics of things. And, uh, it's interesting hearing people's feedback as if the decisions already fully made, and this is how it's going to be from now on that kind of stuff. And it's like, no, no, like we're not, we're going to try this. We're not committed to it. Like if it, if it fails and it doesn't Mm -hmm. actually end up bearing fruit the way we hope it will, um, we're not committed to it. We're willing to pivot. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, and that's it. We've talked about this in the podcast many times where one of the things that appealed to me when I was first getting introduced to Chris and being a part of way is just that concept that if something isn't bearing fruit, we can feel free to cut it. Mm -hmm. And it's not, there isn't like a sacred cow. No. The true sacred cow around us is that people are being discipled. Right. If we're not doing that, yeah. then we've got yeah. a problem. But if something doesn't work or it's outlived its usefulness, yeah. and I'm learning to be flexible and, <laughs> you know, good with that, but Chris is almost too good at that. Mm-hmm. And that and that's been a really stretching thing for me to be right. be willing to, to pivot. Like like this is growing up and you know my grandmother, so you'll you'll probably resonate with what i'm about to say but she knew that i was very much like a rule follower and didn't really wasn't great at the pivot and so she would always say stuff to me like jordan rules are meant to be broken now she never said that to those in my family that misbehaved right but she said it to me because i was too tied to things right and so like the last couple years you know with covid and with all the different things that go on it it becomes a growing process and in a growing process there's growing pains there's there's challenges that kind of come along the way and you're like did i just make the wrong decision or Mm -hmm. how am i going to discern my way through this situation so being a couple months in to this change Mm -hmm. have you had any of those kind of pain points or those moments where you're like what did i just sign up for (laughs)
2: I mean, yeah, I, I went from a job where I was meeting new people, like probably about 12 new customers every day. Now the exchange is completely different than a church world, right? Mm-hmm. You're talking customers who are calling me. It's not a cold call. They've already decided they are interested in maybe having something done to their concrete. So I go and I look at it and they are there. It's a business transaction. They want a mm-hmm. price for me. And they sometimes are already loaded up with an idea of what they think it'll be or they've already talked to another company who maybe does things a little differently. So you're always stepping into kind of the unknown. Um, But it's 12 people every day. That's it, right? Every day, it's a new, almost new bunch of people. So I go from that to uh, stepping into a world of leading life groups. Now, in the summer, we only have maybe like we're kind of starting to wrap things up but we're kind of down to about I'd say about 20 groups which might sound like a lot but in the like September we do a big kickoff we have over 100 groups usually Um, depending on people's involvement or what what is happening It kind of changes year by year but so that's 100 leaders that's 100 potential host homes each group has different amounts of people but like if you think about the size of a life group, you're talking six to 12 people per group, right? So there's potentially 1200 people that are affected by the life group ministry. And so it's completely different (laughs) weight and responsibility. Thankfully, I started this job in the summer. So I'm not stepping into 100 groups, I'm stepping Mm -hmm. into, you know, kind of, that was part of our transition. It was intentional as to when I came on of, You know, we'll kind of start taking that. Well, now, and aside to that, I also do the connections ministry. So that alone has a hundred and plus uh, people that are serving there. So, you know, it's just a lot of people. It's a lot of things. And like there's um, people that were doing the job before me already had a lot of the information in their brains, not necessarily on paper or in the computer. So it'd be like, oh, yeah, we can't schedule them this week because they have this or that and their children are doing this. And... Or we can't, you know, that person is related to that person. And putting them together, they just talk the whole time. And it's like mm. things like that that I wouldn't know, but it was in their brains. You know what I mean? So um, mm. thankfully, I'm able to pick their brains still. They haven't gone anywhere. but
0: And that's the thing about relationships. Yeah. And when you're rooted and established yeah. in a place and with people, you're not coming off the street. Yeah. You are you know, a son of the house as it were. And so able to step into some of these things where you at least have that,
2: that connection point, that touch point. For sure. For sure. Like I was good at my job doing the concrete stuff. Like I'm not tooting my own horn. I mean, I was in it for 17 years. Right. So to go from something that you're really comfortable in where it's like, I can tell you all about concrete raising when I'm half asleep, like I could be fresh from the dentist chair, like completely drugged out of my mind on (laughs) the painkillers. When people say the dumbest stuff, I could probably sell some concrete in that state. (laughs) Um, To going from that to being put into the church world of the jobs I'm doing now, it's like the learning curve is huge. Right. So I think it's just about being open to like learning it and remaining teachable has been the biggest answer for yeah. Me in this season, as far as pivoting, right? Uh,
1: so, AJ, uh, we do have uh, some listeners from Lake Mount, but we have quite a few listeners that are not from the Lake Mount world. Can you define for us what uh, the term um, life group is uh, and what the term connections team is? Because I think it would be really important to the understanding of our listeners to know uh, what a life group entails at Lake Mount and what the connections team look like at Lake Mount.
2: Okay, yeah. Uh, connections team is like our, our host team, so you do show up on a Sunday, it's everything from the guy pointing where to park, or girl, where to park on a Sunday, um, to the greeting people at the door with the big smile on their face, uh, to the person walking you to your seat, uh, to the cafe, so that's Connections team, mm-hmm. so it's it's just uh, the people who serve on the Sunday, now, life groups is are like anything from a group of, uh, let's say, like soul care to a sports group to
1: um,
2: mm. doing a book study together. It's not really a teaching. It's more facilitating, already established uh, documentation or whatever you want to say. Mm. So,
1: so it's like a community within your church community.
2: Exactly. It, and the whole point is to be a place to make the church feel smaller, even though it is a church that is upwards of 1,200 people. Yeah, um, We're a family-first church, so we want it to feel like family every step of the way. And the best way to do that is not to have like clicks, but to try and make things feel smaller by mm-hmm. having the life group community so like special
1: interest and whatnot
2: for sure so yeah we break down our life groups into four different areas one of them being special interests one of them being care another one is connection Mm -hmm. and so they're all like under these headings and the Mm -hmm. whole point of them is so that you find a place to to fit in it's similar to a discipleship track if you Mm -hmm. were to think of it that way in that you wouldn't want to let's say you've been your brand new believer the safest group to join would probably be a sports group. Now, every group prays together before they do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still keeping Jesus at the forefront, it's still like including Holy Spirit. But mm-hmm. um, so you'd have a life group like that, a sports group. Like we have volleyball, we have pickleball, we've got basketball, there's a golf group. So cool. yeah, that's just off the top of my head. And all those are current. They're all running right now. That's so, awesome. Yeah.
0: And Chris, how did you kind of come to this, I don't know if comfortability is the right word, but this strength in the willingness to pivot and the, kind of that flexibility that comes with it? like Was that something that was natural for your personality or is that something you've actually had to work to
1: acquire? I'm a bit of a pivoter as a human being, but also out of the frustration of dealing with churches that were so stuck they couldn't do anything. And we'll get into that more in some of our upcoming podcasts
2: about... But you learned that. From frustration. Yeah. Yes. You was a teenager, no.
1: <laughs> no. Interesting. <laughs> no, but I learned that things need to change because healthy growth comes from change or adapting to situations. Yeah. And I'm old enough and I've been around the church world long enough to see that like... If we kept doing what we were doing in nineteen eighty five the church is the church is struggling to remain relevant as it is. If we maintain kind of that that level of uh, you know what was happening back then, we just lose our cultural standing with uh, with the people around us and and we don't necessarily need that the The church can be its own culture, the church certainly is called to be its own culture but we also want to engage the the young people as they grow and mature and um, we're not asking them to adapt to some old systems or whatnot Um, and i think that's where my frustration comes from was being raised in a generation and slightly discipled in a generation of leaders that wanted you to conform to an old system and being way too skeptical of that system
0: it's interesting right to see like even AJ's comment well you weren't like that as a teenager mm-hmm. right like i'd be f- afraid of all of us being like we were when we were teenagers oh fully yeah right because yeah. growth takes change yeah for sure. and i think that's why we're talking we're not here talking about you know a change in program whereas at times it has involved a change in program or format what we're talking about here is actually a real lesson in discipleship. Because as we grow closer to Jesus, as we grow closer in community with people, we have to be willing to adapt. We have to be willing to change. We have to be willing to walk down the path that God is sending us on, even when it can frequently be uncomfortable and we can feel, at times, like a fish out of water. Mm -hmm. When we don't know, like... And we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's good. It's important when we are making big decisions about our careers or we are growing in our community engagement and just overall in life, physical health, mental health, all these different things, to have a willingness to change, to have a willingness to pivot. And so I think this has been a really good conversation. And... AJ is going to be joining us um, for the next couple episodes as well. So we're looking forward to our kind of summer with AJ. And so thank you so much for tuning in. Bye for now.